0: was to the core there was nothing to live for until love came my name is Harold J Perkins and at the age of 17 i was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave while sitting in my house with about 10 guys god gave me an out of body experience and i was lifted above the room i could see everything moving in slow motion after that i got up and put those guys out and i cried out to jesus christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose, then I ran into religion, and it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. In this episode, I'm going to cover something Jesus said before he left earth to go to heaven. He said to his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for us, that in his father's house are many mansions. Now, many believers are expecting this big mansion when they get to heaven. Maybe there will be a mansion in heaven for us. But what Jesus was saying is much more powerful than that. You will see in this episode that the place he was talking about gives us everything we need to live an abundant life of victory on earth. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. He was talking about having it on earth, not just when we get to heaven. This place that he went to prepare for us answers everything we need to be healthy, wealthy, if that's what you desire, and have victory in all that we do. Father God has a has placed everything in heaven and in earth in this place. Let's see where this marvelous place is. We'll start with what Jesus, where Jesus said he would prepare a place for us. I'm in John uh, chapter 14, verses one through three. And here's what it says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, notice he said, I will come after preparing this place and receive you unto myself, is what he said. Keep that in mind. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17, and here's what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The place that Jesus went to prepare for us is in himself. In the New Testament, the phrase in Christ or in him is mentioned 180 times. You think God's trying to tell us something? We we will we're going to see in this episode that there is no place more powerful than being in Christ. It's the place of protection, power and everything else we need. Let's go to Galatians chapter two, verse 20. Here's what it says. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, get that. He says, Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I, but it is Christ who lives in me. Now, what he's saying there is that when Jesus died, we died with him. And the life that we now live, we live by him. He's on the inside of us, and we're on the inside of him. Let's continue. I'm going to go to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Here is what it says Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by grace are we saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, remember that Jesus said after he had prepared this place, He will come and receive us unto himself, that where he is, we will be also. This is what he was talking about. In him, we are seated in heavenly places with him. Now, how can I buy the lie that God cannot hear my prayer when I am seated next to him in Christ Jesus. Again, remember Jesus said, "I'm going to prepare a place and after I've done it, I'm going to receive you unto myself." We are seated in heavenly places right with Christ Jesus. Our spirit man is in Christ and Christ is in us. Now let's continue. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now, thanks be to be unto God which always causes us to triumph in christ there it is again i said in this place is the most powerful place we can be in notice it said god always not sometimes not every now and then it says that god always causes us to triumph where in christ because the ability that christ had when he walked the earth is now in us and we are in him the problem is tapping into it and understanding that it's not in my flesh but it's in my spirit. I covered last episode that we were cut off from our flesh. We were circumcised by God. In other words, our spirit man, God doesn't see us in our flesh. He sees us in Christ. He's placed our spirit man in Christ and he always causes us to triumph. If we don't quit, God will always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now that's what the word of God says. Okay. doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what a minister says. The word of God says that he always causes us to triumph. So if we don't quit, the victory is ours. Let's continue. I'm in Colossians chapter two, verses nine and 10. For in him, there's that phrase again, in him, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the God here bodily. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and powers. Now, how can we feel inadequate when we just read, it said that we are complete in Christ Jesus, complete. And it says that he is the head of all principalities and power. That means that he as the head has the authority over every force of darkness that would try to come against us. So when we understand that we are in him and he he is in us, then we have the power to put the enemy in check. All right, our part. Let me let me say here that our part in triumphing uh, over the forces of darkness is using our voice of authority in Christ to bind the forces of darkness. We were made in the image of God, and in Genesis chapter one, God shows us how we are to operate by showing us how He operates. He spoke, and things happen. We are to speak and expect God to honor what we say. We're made in his image. He made us speaking beings, and there's power and force in the words that we speak, and God will perform all that we speak that lines up with his word, which which is, again, why you need to know the word. You notice that I'm covering a lot of scripture in these episodes, and the reason I am, because most people don't read the Bible for themselves. Now, if you go back and you listen to some of the scr- scriptures that I've covered in these episodes, you say, wow how come I haven't heard about this you know if if you really take into context what the bible is really saying and not just religion god made an army that is powerful and as we continue to study and to show ourselves approved to know this word we will we will mount up and begin to walk the earth like Jesus walked the earth. That's what's about to happen. That's what God is about to bring to pass on this earth in this day. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter one, verse three. We're talking about what's available to us in Christ Jesus. And I said at the beginning that it's the most powerful place and everything that we have need of is available to us. Let's listen to this verse. I'm at Ephesians chapter one, verse three. It says, bless be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Notice it says, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, some may say, well, see, there's the problem, Harold. It's, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I need some tangible stuff down here on the earth. Well, what you have to understand is it is where God is more real than where we are here in this earth. Of course, God is more real because he created it. We can't see God, can we? He's in the spirit world. Everything in the natural came from the spirit. So when he says to us, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What he's telling us is everything in the realm of the spirit is ours. And we bring it into this earth by first believing it, by confessing it and speaking it out of our mouth. And all things will manifest as we believe that we received them. So when he says, I blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, notice where he said it, in Christ Jesus. So if I'm in Christ, I have everything that I need. I've been blessed. Now let's continue. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verses 27. And I'm going to go on to read through of uh, the fourth chapter, verse 2. Here's what it says. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. I'm going to stop for a minute. When you believe in Jesus Christ and you've accepted him, you've been baptized into him. Now, there may be a physical water baptism that you go through, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about when you accepted Jesus Christ, you were baptized into Christ. Let's continue. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be in notice, what did you hear what we just said there? He's telling us that there is no male, no female. Every, everybody's on an even playing field. He said we're all one in Christ. and And basically, if you realize what he's saying, he's saying we are Christ. Now, of course, Jesus Christ is the head, but we are his body. And have you ever seen a body do something? or I said this way, have you ever seen a head do anything without a body? You've never seen a head walking down the street. Well', see, here's what what Jesus did. Jesus went up to heaven and sat down. And the reason he sat down because he's the head of the church, but he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, and he's performing the words that we speak, but as the head. but he needs his body to perform the works and do what they need to do on the earth, and he will bring forth the manifestation. The same manifestations that came forth when he walked the earth are available to us right now. This is what's taking place. There is an army rising up. God is raising up an army that will believe this and will take it to heart and will put it into practice. Let's continue. I'm going to start at, at that verse again. I'm going to continue and read some other verses after that. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you be in Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, remember, God promised Abraham the world. I'll continue. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant Though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Do you know what that's saying there? That God has an appointed time to give you and I our inheritance in Christ. But he wants us to grow up spiritually so that we can be wise and responsible stewards over what he places in our hands. It's all ours in Christ. Let's continue. I'm going to read now at Ephesians. Chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Even in Him. Now, what I should have done is I should have continued to read on, but I'll I'll stop right there because the verses after that says, "For we have received an inheritance in Him." You see, God placed everything, as we just read, in heaven and in earth in Christ Jesus. So when we when I said that everything that we have need of is is in Christ, is in the place that we're in, is all ours. We say, "Well, how how do I get it?" Let's read on. Let's cover this. This is the last passage I'm going to cover with you. I'm in Hebrews chapter three, verses six through 12. Here's what it says. But Christ as a son over his own His own house, whose house are we. Now I'm going to stop right there. Now he, remember, I started off saying that Jesus went to prepare a place for us. And here, look what it says. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we we are the house. We are the mansion he was talking about. And and the mansion that he's talking about, see, what he did was he placed us in himself and then he's in us. You can't be any closer than that to anybody, than them to be in you and you to be in them. So how could I ever feel or understand or think even that I'm not one with God? He's not here with me. He's in me and I'm in him. And, and well, well, let me just continue to read. We'll, we'll, We'll go a little further into it i'm going to start again but christ as the son over his own house whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of her hope firm until the end wherefore as the holy spirit said today if you'll hear his voice hearten not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works forty years Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always error in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, in this verse are the two things that Satan uses to cause us to not believe God and to not to see the manifestations of this powerful God that we serve. The first thing mentioned there was hardness of heart. Hardness of heart has to do with the fact, he, notice he used the children of Israel. Now let's keep in mind what he did. He he did all these plagues, these supernatural things in, in Egypt. He opened the Red Sea and they kept murmuring over and over and over again. The reason is because their hearts were hard because they forgot what he had already done. He had done mighty things already and they get into another situation and they forget. Wait a minute. I'm dealing with a supernatural God and they forgot what he did. And that's what's hardening of the heart is. The other thing was they got into unbelief. Well, unbelief has to do, as I've covered in other episodes, is looking at the wrong thing. That's Satan's job is to try to get you to look at the wrong thing. OK, but the word of God says that we have victory in Christ Jesus. And that he always causes us to triumph. So our focus is to stay uh, on to what God has said, which again, as I said, this is what see the problem is that we've relied on preachers to tell us what the Bible says instead of getting into it and reading it for ourselves. And boy, you're going to be shocked when you get the understanding of the word, you have the revelation of what is really saying. And you say, man, this has nothing to do with religion at all. This has to do with living. This has to do with living victoriously. You're going to go through some challenges. You're going to go through some problems and some issues, but God is always going to come through. Now, if if, if you ever feel like God has left you, the truth is you left him in unbelief. Notice that the latter part of the verse I just read, he says this. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. How did they depart? Through unbelief. They began to not believe. So anytime you feel like God is not there, it's, in, it's evident of the fact that you've you've, you've left. He said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Okay, so even when I don't feel His presence is there, He's not a liar. He's with me. See, the enemy, His job is to rob us through unbelief. You know, God has designed the kingdom of God system to operate by believing Him, and He will never lie. We make a we, you know, when we make a decision that we're going to trust God no matter what happens. Okay, and sometimes in order to believe God, it might be tough. You know, it might be hard. But if we stand our ground, no matter how hard or how tough it gets, God will come through. Remember, you have a God who can do the impossible. You may look at where you are and see impossibility, but if you see it with the understanding you have a God who said he will be a God to you, the mountain you're looking at will begin to look like a speck of dirt. You know, just keep in mind, you are in Christ Jesus, the most powerful place in the universe so jesus went to prepare a place for us and that place is in himself and when we as a body began to wake up to what he really did then we will walk the earth like he did now keep in mind jesus lacked for nothing he didn't want anything when it came time to go pay the, to pay the taxes he told G, G, uh, peter to go catch a fish and that within that fish's mouth was enough money to pay their taxes. You know, everything that he had need of. Now, some people say, Well, Jesus was poor. See, he became poor. Well, if you were in heaven and you came to earth, yeah, that's 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 poor compared to what's in heaven. But the man had a treasure that was stealing for three and a half years and nobody knew it. So if he had two apples in there and one of them was missing, that's pretty easy to, to understand that it's missing. So it must have been enough in that treasure to for him to steal for three and a half years and never it never be noticed that he was doing. Only one knew that it was happening was Jesus and he knew about the spirit of God. So Jesus never lacked anything. And if we are in him and he is in us, then we shouldn't either. Now that doesn't mean that we're not going to go through periods and times where it seems like we're in lack or we're in want. That's all preparation. You notice the scripture that I read. It says that uh, the, the, the heir at times will look like a servant. And so people will look at you and look at what's when God, when you're going through challenging times and think, okay, well, see, look at there, they ain't got nothing. <laughs> Just tell them to keep looking. And if you keep believing, you watch the end. I've seen it over and over again. I've had so many ups in my life and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And it was a time where God was humbling me every time I went down and I, I, he brought me up. And when he brought me up, I was in a greater place of humility, a greater place of dependency on him when he brought me up. And that's the system. That's how God perfects us. That's how God h- keeps us humble. You know, if you look out in the world today, you see people prospering, having success, but you see pride and, and, and they're lifted up and they're arrogant. That's not what God wants. And if we trust him, then when he elevates us, we'll be in the right place to be a good steward, to be a blessing to people like he wants us to be, and all the glory will go to him. Let me say right here, If you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.